morning scripture verse comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we stop for a moment and we praise you for your word, and we thank you for giving us guidance, for instruction, and teaching us, edifying our faith. And Lord, I would ask that this word would be exactly that for us this morning, that we would uh, have a sense of you accomplishing your will in our hearts. May we be humble in listening to what you would want to say. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open up hearts to be able to hear and that your uh, presence would give ears and eyes to see and hear all that we need to see and hear. And I ask for help in speaking. And let me be accurate according to your word. Let me handle your word rightly. And we ask that by your spirit, both your help to uh, cultivate Christ-like character within us and also just to be mindful constantly of the fact that as Christians, we represent the name of Jesus in this world and how we live and what we do makes a big difference. And so, Father, help us, I pray, into, to be more shaped into the image of Christ. In your name, I pray, Jesus. Amen. I invite you, uh, if you don't have your copy of Scripture, if you join me in Matthew chapter 6, we have been, if you're first with us first time today. We're making our way through the Sermon on the Mount. We've just finished chapter 5, and this morning we step into chapter 6, and we think about the practice of righteousness. We've um, just come through a section where Jesus has been highlighting the teaching of the Pharisees and the scribes and explaining how their teaching has fallen short of communicating the truth of God's righteousness. And now we move into a different thought. Jesus is sort of changing the page here, and he's moving into the area of practice in how we live out the Christian life. And so Jesus had previously uh, started with an umbrella statement and then given illustrations of that in chapter 5 with your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. And then he gave six ways in which the teaching of the Pharisees had fallen short of God's ultimate righteousness. And he concluded chapter 5 by saying, uh, you must be perfect even as your heavenly father is perfect. So he's, he's holding a standard of, of purity, perfection, and holiness up for us as God's people. And then now he's going to, to sort of change the page and sort of move into what does this look like being lived out in your life? And how do you practice your religion or your righteousness is, is what we will see uh, Matthew says. Jesus' point here is to drive home that righteousness that God rewards is not merely outward acts of righteousness, but rather the kind of righteousness that God rewards is outward acts of righteousness which flow from a heart that aims to please God. So the actions are important, but what's more important is the motivation of the heart. 
And so Jesus is going to highlight this. Where is your heart in, in your practice of your religion? You might think in doing good deeds, what's the motivation behind it? That's the question that Jesus is going to force upon us. So if you would look with me in chapter 6, verse 1. And if you have a paper copy, it's going to be a lot better today. Uh, I'll show you a little diagram in just a second, but verse 1, let's just get the principle before us, and then we'll, we'll look at all that he is about to unfold. So verse 1, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. That's the principle. So he, he's talking about how righteousness is practiced or lived out. And he's warning there is a way of doing good deeds or righteous actions that God the Father will not reward. So don't do it that way. And, and then he's about to give us an understanding of, of examples. But one thing that is amazing is you see a word reward there. Um, that is going to be a, a word that gets repeated throughout this whole section. And the whole section really starts at the beginning of chapter 6 and it goes through chapter tw- uh, verse 21 of this chapter. So it appears in multiple occasions, seven times we see the word reward in this section. So the principle is laid out in verse one, and then Jesus is going to give three examples of how religion is practiced, which he today will talk about giving alms or helping the needy. Then he'll talk about prayer, and then he'll talk about fasting. So that's the sermon outline for the next four weeks is this right here in front of us because we're going to take each of those practices and consider them together. And you'll see the word reward appears twice in all three illustrations. He uses the word twice when he's talking about almsgiving. He uses it twice when he's talking about praying. And he uses it twice again when he's talking about fasting. And then at the end, the conclusion, the final paragraph, he uses a parallel word, which is treasure, So seven times Jesus says reward here in this section, and three times he uses the word treasure. He he wants you to think about reward. It is inescapable, and Jesus is unashamedly speaking uh, in a way that causes you to think he's enticing you with a reward. Parents do this all the time, right? If you eat the broccoli, you'll get the chocolate pudding. This is what Jesus is saying. Now, some of us think, I, what? We want, Jesus is using reward to encourage righteousness? The answer is yes. He is right here in scripture. So we're going to think about this together. And so he is drawing you in to think about how you get the reward so you don't miss it. Jesus does not want you to miss a heavenly reward. So we have to think about this very carefully. And so let's, let's jump in. And again, we'll, we'll begin with verse 1 and sort of look at what is the principle. So the principle is beware of public righteousness. Beware of your public righteousness. Uh, so it starts with a warning. You might think piety. Some of you, if you grew up with... Uh, your piety, that might be a bad word in some contexts. It's not. It simply means the, the practices of religion and how we live out our faith. And so Jesus here begins with a warning. So let me read it one more time just to get it in your heads. I, 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 I try to memorize this passage, <laughs> this verse. So verse one, it's the principle. So we're going to be referring back to it. But beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. So let it sink in. Beware of this. 
Don't practice your righteousness to be seen by others. Why? For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So these are the words of Jesus, right? We, we are listening to the words of Jesus, and he is saying, he begins with an attention-grabbing word, beware. Beware, he says at the very beginning. And the word, it's a powerful word, beware. If you're walking down the street and you hear behind you, beware, what do you, what? that's what Jesus wants you to do. And he's, it means to be in a continuous state of readiness, looking out for danger with a response ready. Pay attention, keep your mind on, stay alert to or to guard against. What he's saying is, and this is shocking to me, when you think about doing righteous deeds or manifesting your righteousness to the world, beware. There's something to be on guard for Meaning, you have to be vigilant and thoughtful about your expression of your religion, of your faith in God. Be thinking about it. Don't be disengaged. That's what this word calls us to, is to beware. Because when you are ready to practice righteousness, at the heels of every behavior is sinful desires that wants to pervert and to corrupt your piety, you might think. I couldn't help but think of the words of God the Father to Cain when his offering was not accepted. Back in Genesis chapter 4, Cain brought an offering to God. It was not accepted, and he got ticked off, and he's angry, and God says, why do you look so sad? What is, what is wrong? And, and he says, you need to beware, Cain, because sin is crouching at the door but you must master it. Don't allow sin to master you. You must master it. And, and that's the warning here. When you do righteousness, you need to beware. There's a way of doing it wrongly. So be careful. That's, that's what Jesus is calling us to here is careful thinking about how we do righteousness. So it's, it's being on guard against si sin. Excuse me. Right? There's, uh, there's no question about should our righteousness be practiced. Yes. There's no such thing in the Bible as a non-practicing Christian, you might say. They don't, they don't exist in Scripture, in the New Testament. And so here's Jesus saying, you, you, you need to practice your religion, but beware when you are practicing. And what's the caution against? It's don't do religious things, acts of devotion or righteousness to be seen by others. That's what he's saying. Don't do it to be seen by other people. Now, if you're, see, we have been thinking about the Sermon on the Mount for a long time. Um, in, in listening to it in one go, we would have heard, I'll remind you uh, what Jesus said back in chapter 5, verse 16, because there are times, do you have people who say sometimes the Bible contradicts itself? You have friends who struggle with understanding Scripture because it, there's contradictions everywhere. I've had people say that to me. And, and I typically say there are apparent contradictions in lots of places. That is true. But if we think carefully about them, I don't believe any of them are actual contradictions. So if you're hearing Jesus saying here, be careful about practicing your religious, don't do it to be seen by others, and you, and you just listen to the Sermon on the Mount. Back in chapter 5, 16, Jesus said, let your light so shine 
among men that they will see your good deeds and give glory to your God, God Father in heaven. Uh, sounds contradictory, doesn't it? Don't do it to be seen by others, but do it to be seen so that people give glory to God. It, it's not actually contradictory because there's an entirely different object, right? What Jesus is warning against is doing religious duty or devotions in order to impress people. And in Matthew 5, 16, Jesus is saying, let your righteous acts be seen in such a way that people glorify God. They don't look at you, but they glorify God. That's how we are to, to demonstrate our acts of devotions. There's not a, a contradiction here. There's an apparent contradiction, but if we think about it, it's not really. So then he says, why? Don't do your religious acts or duties or devotions in such a way to be seen by others. Why, Jesus? And he says, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. I don't miss this. There's a way of doing righteousness that gets no reward whatsoever. There's a way of doing good deeds that God the Father does not care about. He does not reward, he doesn't look at, he doesn't take into consideration. So Jesus is saying, don't do it that way. And does that leave you with questions? Right? I, I wrestle with, Jesus, are you telling me that I'm to do righteous deeds in order to get a reward? Is, is that what you're saying? Or can you please give us an example of what you're talking about? And, and Jesus does. He says, okay, there's the principle. Don't do righteous things in order to press, impress the people around you because that's not rewarded. The implication is Jesus is aiming for you to be rewarded. And you remember how the Sermon on the Mount began? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed, 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 blessed. There's blessing everywhere. There's happiness and goodness and joy all over this sermon. And Jesus is inviting his listeners to think about where do you get your joy? Where do you receive your greatest pleasure? Whom are you living for? Those are the questions that are forced upon us in this sermon. And you have to answer that. Every one of us needs to answer that question. For whom am I living? Who am I trying to please? You need to ask yourself that every day, probably three or four times a day. And so here he's saying, I want you to give you an example. So here's, here's verse two. We talk about the practice of giving alms. So the example that Jesus is gonna give us is giving alms. So he says this. When you give to the needy, that's the same as giving alms. We'll talk about this in a second. Sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. But truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So giving to the needy. This is one word in the Greek. Um, it, is, it means to give to those who are in need as an act of mercy or, or loving charity or even almsgiving. So sometimes it's translated as almsgiving. So it's a specific kind of giving. It's, it's giving that comes out of a heart that's merciful, but understands that it's in relation to God and that it's part of those who have to uh, share with those who have not. And so that kind of alming, aiming to relieve the suffering of the poor. That's, that's what this word talks about. And so it's almsgiving is Relieving the suffering of those who are poor. Think of it that way. And so here's, here's when, when this happens, you'll notice what Jesus says. 
when you are giving to the poor, not if. There's not a question of should we. It is a question of when and how. He says he assumes that Christians, that believers, that the people of God are going to be giving to those who are less fortunate. And almsgiving in, in a Jewish mindset was a religious duty. It, it wasn't a philanthropic option. Oh, okay, we have the option to give. It was a command to give, and this is rooted in Old Testament law, Deuteronomy 15. I'll read this, verse 11. There will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in the land. Uh, Jesus assumes that people who have the character of God are going to be generous people in giving to the poor. He assumes it. It's, it's commanded and, and there was no social network in, in first century Judaism to supply those needs. So people were completely dependent upon the generosity of those who love the Lord. So Jesus says, when you give, he, it's expected. And a question from all of us, when do you give? When do you give to those who are needy? When does, does the generosity and goodness of God's heart overflow out of you to others? When does that happen? I'd ask myself that question. And so Jesus says, when you give, now he gives a warning, don't give like the hypocrites. Don't give like the hypocrites. And hypocrites, the word originally referred to actors on a stage who were performing for an audience. And so there's this sense of, of those who are wanting to please, they're pretending to be one person, wanting to please the, the audience who's watching. And you can see why Jesus would use this as an analogy here. For those who are uh, giving, pretending to give one way, but are actually giving another. Pretending to be obedient to God, but actually there's another aim. And he says, don't be like them. How do they give? How? How should we not be like the hypocrites? Don't sound a trumpet when you give in the synagogues and in the streets. So what he's saying is don't announce the giving. Right? Nobody literally blew a trumpet when they gave to the poor, but we all can think of creative ways of drawing attention to ourselves. Right? Jesus says, in the synagogues, they do this, hypocrites give in the synagogues and in the streets. And it made me wonder, uh, and I would like to invite you to think, how do we give like this today? How do we give in such a way to please people who are watching around us? I thought about an instance as a kid when there was one person who I suspected, we used to pass an offering plate uh, in, in my church growing up. And so when the offering plate would go by, this guy would sometimes fumble with uh, at the wallet while the offering plate actually goes, oh, wait, 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 wait. You know, get a little attention to come back and then put something in. Uh, how do we draw attention to ourselves when we are giving? Um, you know, you, let's see here. Let me stop. Oh, what do you need? Oh, I only have 100. Does anybody have change? Uh, can we make change for this? Is that way we do it? Or do we wait till people are in the streets to see it? I can imagine Pharisees waiting till lunch break or the first century equivalent till the streets are full and like, oh, let me, let me help you out here. Let me, let me see here. Well, there's my wallet. Yeah. Oh, good gracious. I dropped my money. Yeah. Oh, help me. How do we, how do we give attention to our generosity? What are the ways that we do that? You, you think of your own propensity. 
right? Jesus is saying, don't give like that to be praised by other people. Don't think about them when you're giving and being generous because that has no reward. And that's the reason. He says, truly I say to you, they have their reward. There's no heavenly reward attached to that, but there is an earthly one. So when the giving happens and it's obvious and people say, wow, you are such a generous guy. Or how often do you do this? Are you always so generous? Well, you know, I I give as often as I can, pretty much every day. Uh, we, We find ways to flatter ourselves and Jesus is saying, stop it. Don't draw attention to yourself. There's no need for a trumpet. It's a metaphorical statement. So what are the true intentions, right? What Jesus is saying is they get a reward. They do. It's a human one. It's simply the praise of people. And he's saying that's not near enough. There's so much greater reward, and that comes from the Father in heaven. So what do you want to live for? The praise of people or the praise of God the Father? That's the real question here that he's inviting us to consider. There's something else to be had. And so, what are you going to live for? The praise of people, the praise of men, or the praise of God the Father? So don't give like the hypocrites to be seen by others. Do give in a way that will receive a heavenly reward, is what Jesus says. And then, so look at verses 3 and 4 with me. Do give in a better way. But when you give to the needy, and again, we're assuming here, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Or your father who sees in secret will reward you. So when you give, the question is not if you give to the poor, but again, it's, it's how you give. And he says, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, that is just as an impossible and, and, and a, an overstatement as the don't sound a trumpet when you're giving. It's impossible for one hand to hide what the other is doing. And, but what is Jesus saying? Work hard not to make a show of your giving. Think carefully about how you give and give in such a way that is not seen by others. Don't allow this kind of competition to go on. So give unseen. Give thought to that. Don't, don't do it in order to be noticed by passers-by. And he says, why? So that your giving may be in secret. So plan to be generous outside the public eye is what Jesus is commanding. Be generous, but plan to do it in ways that are unseen, which means you probably shouldn't post your donations on Facebook. Or take a picture every time, oh, I'm, 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 I'm giving to the homeless. <laughs> Instagram, we're taking a picture, right? And we're, we live in a, we're taking a picture of ourselves seven or eight times a day, right? Here's a significant call for us as people to figure out how are we going to do this in such a way that doesn't draw attention to ourselves. And, and I want to ask you to consider the question, do you really believe God sees what you do? Now, sometimes that sentence feels like condemnation or judgment, right? God's watching you. That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, God is watching you. He's watching. So do things so that he will reward you. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. He sees that unseen, generous act, and he will reward it. 
That's what Jesus is saying. So be generous. You will be rewarded by God the Father. And I was, I was thinking this through this morning because I just wonder, do, you, do we really believe God sees what you do? Or is it, is it, I know that's a fact, right? He sees everything. He knows he's got omnipotent knowledge. But do we really live like God sees everything we do? And, and I don't mean this in condemnation as if he's keeping records so he can squash you. I mean, he's keeping records so he can reward you is what Jesus is saying. And do you really believe that? As, as I had this on my mind in the daily course of my Bible reading, I came, Psalm 33 is what I, I came across this morning. And, he, and here's the words I read. This is verse 13. Just listen. And, and I'm, I'm praying, Lord, do you, do you see what we do? And, and here's what I read. The Lord looks down from the heavens. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on the, all of the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of all of them and observes their deeds. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love. So I'm, I'm praying, Lord, do you, do you see what we do? And that's what, I, that's what I read this morning. And it was like God is saying, yes, Todd. Yes, I see. So be generous. Do your righteousness. But don't do it to please people. Don't do it to impress your neighbor. Don't do it in such a way to be seen. One of the ways that we strive to put this principle in practice here in this church is none of us as elders know what any of you give financially. I have no idea if you give 10 cents or $10 million a year. Well, I know you don't give $10 million a year. <laughs> but we as elders don't know that. There's two people who do know what giving takes place, and that's the contributions treasurer and the office administrator, who happens to be my wife, and if you think, ha, you guys are talking about this in secret, we're not. I, I stand before you and the Lord and say, we covenanted together to not speak about financial giving because we don't want to be tempted to treat rich people well and poor people poorly. So it's secret. I have no idea. We as elders have no idea what you give because we don't want to impress one another, right? It's what we're striving for here. The Father sees so give all you want because he's going to reward you, right? He, he is watching. The darkness is not dark to him. Even the dark is like light to God the Father. He sees all. He knows. He fashioned the hearts of every one of us. He knows the intentions of our mind. He knows the words we're going to say before we speak one word. And his heart, and I want you to hear this, is to reward you for doing righteousness to please him, not to please your peers. He will reward you. The question is, will we take him up on the offer? And Jesus wants to motivate you in that direction. Well, I also wonder, what's the reward? You, when, you, when you hear Jesus saying, he will reward you, does, is there a little part of you that says, well, what is it? Right? I, I mean, if there's a $10,000 reward for the local cat that's gone missing, I'm going to go on a hike. We're not told what 
the reward is. But if we follow the parallelism in the language, for doing righteous deeds wrongly in verse 2, it was doing it for the praise of people. So the parallel would be to do righteous deeds rightly would be to do it for the praise of God. So the reward is hearing God the Father say, I think, end of Matthew, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of my master. He doesn't tell us because what the reward is is pleasing God and hearing him say to you, well done, Steve Brown, or well done, Todd Cravens, well done, whoever you are. I, I, if I can hear that, I, I'm the richest man on the planet. If at the end of my days and I stand before the Lord Jesus, if he can say, good job, Todd, I don't need another thing in the world. I'm not going to heaven for the golden streets or the marble mansions or pearly gates. I don't care anything about that. If I can hear my creator say, good work. I'm content. I'm content. And I think that's the way God has wired every one of his children. So the question is, do we really believe that there is a way that the Lord, he, he sees righteous deeds. He calls us to righteous living. But there's a way of doing those things that he will not reward. And there is a way of doing them that he will reward. And, and the invitation is, will we live like that? Will we hear the call of Jesus? Not to give like the hypocrites, to impress your peers, but to give secretly, to find ways of giving that don't bring attention to us, but that bring praise to the Lord God Almighty. So, there's a reward to be had. If you just want to live for the praise of people, you can get it. You can have that, but that's all you get. But if you want to live for the praise of God the Father, then there's a different way of giving that calls for thinking and being aware that when you do righteousness, and we must do righteousness, we need to consider how we do it because the heart matters. The question is, who do we want to please most? Who are you living to hear well done from? Yes, we want to hear well done from each other, but is that what drives you in your behavior? Jesus is saying, let the praise of God the Father drive your behavior. Don't live to please the people around you who are watching you. Live for the affirmation of God the Father. So let's pray. Father God, would you please change our hearts in the ways that they need to be changed? And, and Lord, even as we think about you, would you change the way that we think about you? If we constantly think of you as a God who's ready to condemn, Jesus presents you here as a God who is ready to reward and Lord, I pray that you would put within us a desire to please you. Let us seek to hear your praise and your glory for our good behavior. And we confess, without you, we can do nothing. None of any good that we do will come completely from us, but it will come from 
your provision and your goodness. And Lord, I, I do praise you for Hope Christian Church, um, for an incredibly generous church. But God, make us quietly generous. Make us generous in ways that are unseen. Let your love continue to spill over into the lives of those who are around us. And, and Father, I pray, let us be creative in thinking about how we can be generous and, and a blessing to coworkers and family and people we pass on the street in such a way that people glorify you and not us. May we live for your glory and may we live for that reward that comes from you and you alone. Please turn our hearts away from seeking the praise of people. May we seek the praise of our creator above all. And Father, forgiveness for displacing you and elevating people to that highest place of affection in our hearts. And I pray that you would drive deep within our soul a love for you that transcends love for every other person on the planet. When we love you rightly, we will love those around us rightly. So Jesus, pour out your spirit and do that. Let your kingdom come among us and accomplish that. Transform us, save the lost, change hardened hearts, grant tenderness to the moving of your spirit. Forgive us for being stubborn and grant within us hearts that are willing to quickly obey what you command. Do that, Lord Jesus, for your namesake among us. Amen.